0: Welcome to Streaming with Two Dudes, a podcast about all things streaming. Each episode, we break down some of the best series, songs, movies, and shows. I'm one dude, Parker. And I'm the other dude, Jeff. And dudes, this episode, we're talking about Cobra Kai Season 5, Episodes 4 and 5. But first, Jeff, what else have you been streaming?
1: All right, so it wasn't necessarily extremely recently, but I mentioned before, my wife's a big reader. We don't watch a lot of stuff together, but I guess maybe about a month ago, we did decide to check out couple of movies on netflix maybe some of you guys have heard of it. i think it was pretty popular on netflix but it was called uh to all the boys i've loved before it's actually a kind of a three part type deal there's three of them mm-hmm. and as you as, as you've probably noticed i don't know maybe the last five years maybe even 10 years hollywood pretty much doesn't put out romantic comedies anymore i mean that used to be like a really popular thing. I mean, pretty much every month there was a, a new one coming out with all your A-list stars. I don't know if they have just found that it's not as profitable as they would like. I don't know. It seems like the trend has just really been highly focused on superhero movies, and that's where all the the money and budget's going towards. So, so now you have found that you have to go to like your streaming platforms, like Netflix uh, Prime, or you know all the other ones to to really find some of these romantic comedies type deals. So, we end up watching all three of them not like in one sitting or anything but maybe over a two week period and i thought it was really good like i said we we don't get to watch a lot of romantic comedies anymore uh, i thought it was uh, the acting was really good the story was pretty cool so yeah i would i would definitely i would definitely recommend it what about yourself
0: i am going to recommend another audio book fairy tale by Stephen king i think it's his latest book uh, i just got through with it It's not really his typical horror story. It's definitely one of his uh, it's more of one of his fantasy novels that he's done, which I really enjoy his fantasy novels, which I won't I won't get too much into it. But it's about this 17 year old boy who finds a way to another land where he finds that some fairy tales are real. And it's pretty cool. And, it, you know, it has that dark undertone that Stephen King is notorious for still but it's still not really what I would consider a horror by any stretch of the imagination it's just pure fantasy but it's great very nice very nice all right last week I went first this week I'll let you go first what's your number three man Parker
1: Parker Parker as the young kids would say this show just got leveled up uh, I know you feel the same way but episodes four and five wow uh we talked we we're talking earlier for we started on the podcast but you know we're, we're just watching one two episodes at a time for the sake of the podcast and man was it tough this go around i yeah, mean dude, seriously that was horrible <laughs> yes i mean like episode five it did i'm like ah, would it really hurt if i just go ahead and finish this thing out because ah but you know i stay true to it so the first one i'm gonna throw out my number three not not a big topic probably not something other people or podcasters or are really spending time talking about. But Parker, you know me by now. And I got to give my boy Anthony a little bit of love. And uh he, he finally got some screen time. He he gets hey. a lot of he gets a lot of hate and, and for a lot of good reason, but I'm still anticipating his arc to to really develop. And I really think he's going to be huge. I don't know if it's going to happen this season. Might be next season. But anyway, I'm really kind of focusing on him and Sam's relationship. Good old sibling relationships. That was Uh, a really
0: nice scene. I really enjoyed that little moment they had in the bar.
1: Yeah, I mean, they had the typical relationship like in season one. I don't think he showed up a lot in season two and three. But, you know, just the typical, you know, he's probably what 11 12 and she's 16 or whatever and he's just a
0: oh, little he's he's a little bit older than that because he's about to go into high school so i'd put him at probably about 15
1: well i, I meant as far as season 1 oh I um, got you. when when we first saw their relationship it was very typical he was just the annoying little brat just and they just annoyed each other They they coexist because they have to and and they're siblings but this season especially this uh these last couple of episodes we we really are starting to see them kind of come to their own and really develop uh, you know, a good sibling bond. And, and like you said, at the scene in the bar, what was really neat. Of course, Anthony to me came up with one of the, the coolest names I've heard in the show, John-Claude Van Sam, <laughs> which, you know, uh, a throwback to some really cool karate movies in the 80s and 90s with John-Claude Van Damme. But it, it's really nice to see their relationship develop. It it it. I couldn't help but kind of think back on my relationship with my sister. Ironically, very similar because you kind of assume that there's about three or four years difference between the two of them with Sam being the older one. And I grew up with a sister that's uh, she's four years older than me. And we, we kind of followed the same suit when we were younger, we didn't get along very well at all. We just annoyed each other. especially me being the younger little brat constantly giving her a hard time. So I see a lot of our relationship with, uh, Anthony and Sam. And, and for me personally, um, My sister, she moved out of the house, kind of someone of a young age, kind of during the high school years. And when she moved out, our bond just really got strong. I I guess just a little bit of separation. You're not constantly at each other. But also, you know, we're hitting that age where we're, we're maturing a little bit. We understand the importance of that sibling relationship. And she also was married and had a child at 19 so that kind of made me an uncle at the age of 15 and I really embraced that ate that up so that that brought us closer as well and uh, we've been close ever since she's always lived far away her husband's been in the military so there's always been a a huge physical difference and we don't do a great job at or as not as good as we should as far as staying in touch since you know with smartphones and social media there's really no excuse but uh I actually reached out to her earlier today we hadn't talked in a while you know I was feeling a little little sentimental seeing you know Anthony and Sam connect which was which was really special but I, I'm interested to see where they go with that because Sam had made the comment you know about possibly training Anthony and that she would you know yeah. be, a lot, be a lot cooler than her dad and skip all the chores and which we all obviously know Anthony hates <laughs> yeah and and go straight to some of the training we obviously see Anthony good bit in the trailer doing karate so I'm guessing Sam plays a role in that. So really interesting to see where their relationship goes and as well as the, the characters. Uh, obviously, up to this point, we've seen Sam try to distance herself from karate in general. You know, in that conversation with Anthony, it kind of opens the door with her wanting to kind of maybe sneak back in a little bit. So I don't think she's going to stay away. Definitely not very long. But but yeah, what, what about you as far as did you see anything
0: from that in, in your own history of sibling relationships I, I guess I mean I'm, I'm an older sibling so me, me and my sister definitely got on each other's nerves for sure. but we probably had a stronger relationship growing up. I mean we we were we were pretty close growing up we definitely got I mean which I guess also leads to us being able to get in each other's throats more. But I mean, we, we've always been pretty close and we're definitely closer, you know, as adults, we've gotten closer right? because, you know, there's come just times where you come to rely on them. You go to them, you know, for more, both as a younger sibling and as an older sibling, you know, you get, you know, you go to them and look to them to, for support, for guidance, you know, whatever. So it's, it's nice seeing them come and have that little moment together and see that. <laughs> yeah. It was
1: nice. All right. What about you? What's your your first topic, number three, that you're gonna throw out there?
0: My number three is going to be Amanda. You called it, man. Uh I will give it I will totally give you props this time. You called that one. You made a prediction on Amanda and Daniel getting into some marital problems, and she does. She gets really mad at Daniel when she has when they go to a charity banquet. And Daniel creates a scene which Silver plays mind games and, you know, does that. But he ruins a big chance for Amanda, which causes a fight. And Amanda leaves. She goes to stay. I think it was. I didn't take this note down and I, I totally don't know why I didn't. But I think she goes to stay with her mother. Is, was it her mother or her sister?
1: I'm pretty sure it was her mom.
0: Okay. I was like, I know she was a little bit older. but I couldn't tell if it was just like an older sister or if it was her mom Uh, But we find out that she's friends with Jesse, which is Daniel's ex, who is how Amanda and Daniel actually met. We find that out, which is a cool little backstory that we get, you know, just from one little line, which also explains how they, you know, they kind of know each other. We also get some insight from Jesse as to how crazy Silver is for Amanda, which really you know, gives her a little bit more, like I said, insight to what Daniel's going through, kind of re- makes her realize that she should go a little easy on him, that he's probably not blowing things out of proportion. Uh, when we also see Amanda get into a little bit of a bar fight uh with an old girl that they both know from high school, uh, because we find out that Amanda had a little bit of an anger problem. She beat a car up with a baseball bat and gained the name Babe Ruthless yeah
1: (laughs) what was it Jessica said it was the middle-aged mean girls yes (laughs) yeah yeah definitely one of those moments where the show continues to say we're never going to take ourselves too seriously because yeah that that whole thing was just I, I know I talked about last episode where you know sometimes I worry that they're getting too silly I mean that scene didn't really bother me too much. I, I thought it was over the top, but I, I thought it just played in well to, to that whole vibe of, Hey, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously. We're going to throw
0: some over the top, you know, comedy out there for you. Yeah. And they made fun of her. What is it? Fading back stamp or tramp stamp. Yeah. So i tell you, that was great. And, you know, she holds her own for a little while until she gets, you know, tag team by two women. She gets saved by Sam. So um, that was my number 3 Um, you know, on Amanda's side forever and always. She does she does no wrong. But you know, I can't blame her for why she left Daniel. She was pretty upset and she had every right to be, but it's really nice to see, you know, a quick turnaround there because Daniel is going through a lot right now. And so it's really nice to see that she's able to see that and, you know, maybe not necessarily forgive him immediately, but at least be able to give him a little bit more leadway as far as how angry she is with him and how upset she can be with him with how mentally he is in anguish right now. Like it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, the guy does and you know, poor, poor Ralph Macchio. He just not look great with stubble. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So go ahead.
1: I, I think it's awesome how, We've had conversations about, you know, who who are they going to bring back next? You know, who who else is going to make an appearance? And of course, you know, we talked about Mike Barnes for this season. I totally forgot about Jessica Andrews from Karate Kid 3, his love interest. And when she shows up at the door, you know, I think she's referred to Amanda's cousin. Of course, I I, I thought she looked a little familiar, but nothing that really made me like pause and say, hey, who is this? And then I didn't realize it until she started telling the story of Terry Silver. Yeah. i'm like holy crap that's that's this and then i'm like wow Amanda's like so cool with all of his exes i mean how yeah. how insane is that uh you know it's this girl which you know she was related to so obviously i guess she needs to be cool with but Allie, i mean the whole bit uh, so the fact that they used her and then like you said that they, they always do a good job of kind of connecting the dots on the storyline
0: yeah.
1: um how you know she's the one that i guess mentioned daniel to amanda going out to California. And then they also kind of gave an explanation of why Amanda had never really heard of silver before. And she right. kind of explained it. it's like, well, that was already long past, you know, it wasn't even an issue. So it was never brought up, but we've always gotten the impression that Amanda has never taken Daniel's karate pass very seriously. Exactly, And for good reason. I mean, yes. And in, in hindsight, it, it all sounds a little silly, but obviously she got to, to know john Creese up close and personal so she was able to buy into that pretty well but as far as her interactions with silver she i guess she never had a reason to to think that that whole thing was seriously but we talked about this specifically how disappointed we would be <laughs> if amanda fell for silver's manipulation and deception and I'll be dang, if that's not how it played out, that, that's one of the areas I wish I would have been wrong in. And I even mentioned to you earlier, it's like, I was so mad that I, I even showed you what I had wrote down. I put Amanda equals D U D all capital letters. <laughs> uh, like Parker's been using his dude of the week as a dud of the week. I said, yeah. I think I might have my dud, but you know, I, I was going to calm down. Uh, and like you said, especially with the help of Jessica, Uh, She she gets some more perspective and she kind of smooth. Well, she hadn't smoothed things over yet, but that's the impression we get that's going to happen. So,
0: yeah. And plus, I'll cut her a little slack. Daniel played a huge role as well. Yeah, he did. He didn't really deescalate the situation whatsoever when they got into it. So as
1: as much as he knows about Silver and as much as he warns people about Silver, he still falls for Silver's tricks and antics every time yeah but but yeah that was but yeah that all of that was great i love how they and there was no build-up to jessica coming back no i don't remember hearing rumors or Mm-mm. anything i, I like Mm-mm. how they Total just put her, just put it in there and i love how it played out
0: yeah so my number two and i have a feeling that this might be one of your numbers as well but it just gives us more to talk about Tory. Just her whole arc this between these two episodes and just kind of what we see with her inner struggle. At first, she's told to quit Cobra Kai by Robbie. She tells him no, that she's going to stay. We see her break up a fight between Kenny and Eli. And then when she wins the race between Eli and herself, you know, down the water slides, she gets called a cheater. Well, the whole Cobra Kai gets called cheaters. And we see how bothered she is by that. We can see it in her face. Yeah, I noticed that too. I was she like, She did not like that.
1: She's obviously still struggling with the whole idea of honor, which, mm-hmm. which is good for her yes. character.
0: Yeah. And the next scene we see her, well, I guess would be, I mean, it was, I guess, the beginning of the next episode, I think, when we see her in the dojo, she's really angry and she's hitting those pads. And Kenny kind of notices how angrily she's hitting the pad. So she might be taking out, you know, some of her aggression there and, you know, dealing with some of the things. And her and Robbie break up because of Cobra Kai. So she's definitely struggling right now being in Cobra Kai and it's getting tough and tougher and tougher, which leads to her leaving a note in Daniel's. I think it was his mailbox, but either way, it was found by Chosen and it leads them to you know well, it basically has it's an article for the crease trial and it has a circle around stingray calling him a liar with his address so she's at least pointing some things out the last scene we find that she's talking to crease about all of this i'm really liking where this is going because i wasn't really we I don't think either one of us called this, did we? Did you did you call did you have I don't think we made any predictions about Tori talking to Crease and getting back involved with Crease, did we?
1: No, that that's definitely it makes sense.
0: It makes total sense.
1: But I, I never considered it, even even though we knew she had a connection with Crease, especially mm-hmm. obviously there she has some concerns there, but the way season four ended, when Crease looked at her and was like, No, just Go be you, go fight your fight. Yeah. And I think that meant the world to her. And yeah. I think that's what we're seeing play out now is that one moment she's now loyal to Crease. And I mentioned to you that I didn't catch the ending at first. I mean, I watched it, but I guess I was taking in everything that had happened <laughs> that fifth episode. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't paying close enough attention to what she was saying. The first time I watched it, I just viewed it as her venting to Crease. Right. And I was like, All right, yeah. I mean. She still has a connection to Crease. And when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, wait, no. She's working for Crease. Yeah. She's basically Crease's mole. And this is all. So, like, it was definitely one of those aha moments because right. it ex- it explained her behavior.
0: Yeah. The whole
1: episode. Exactly. So, and, and now you understand her torment. She obviously still has feelings for Robbie. And, and, I, and I love Robbie's character so far as far as. Oh, man. Him having a genuine concern for Tori and Kenny, and because we weren't sure what his deal was with Cobra Kai, but he he straightened that out pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, even uh, like Eli and Miguel weren't so sure, but obviously he's torn because he still cares about Kenny and he still cares, you know, about Tori. But he's made it clear, dude. Y'all getting brainwashed? Y'all y'all need to get out of that. Yeah, but yeah it, it, we haven't, you know, neither one of us had talked about it. it, it and when I saw it the second time, I'm like, oh my god! And then I started going back to that all you know all of her scenes and i'm like oh it, it all makes sense now and yeah. So yeah the ending was great
0: what's your number two
1: i'm going to throw out probably another one of my my favorite scenes and, and stories and primarily in episode five but it's it's really played over the season but the relationship between robbie and miguel particularly
0: the fight scene all right well we can spend some time on this because their relationship is my number one Okay. So we can we can definitely spend some time on this cuz man that whole their whole relationship through these two episodes was, was just great. But yeah, go on. You go on. This is your number. Oh number. yeah. Go on. Start off. So
1: the the fight scene w- was amazing. Not just mm-hmm. just the fighting just cuz w- we saw part of this in the trailer and we kind of had wondered, all right, what what's leading up to this? Yeah. Would have never guessed that one it was inspired by Daniel, <laughs> right, and two executed by Johnny as a quote unquote supervisor, <laughs> <laughs> but basically that was his way. And of course, we we see how it played out. Where typical Johnny fashion, he tries all these other tactics beforehand, and yeah. they all fail. Uh, I really wish the escape room would have worked out. I would have liked to have seen that play <laughs> out, but but this was his final plans. Like y'all, y'all y'all just need to go at it, and they have an incredible fight scene. I don't know about you, but did you get a little nervous when it went to the second floor?
0: I did, and then I got especially nervous. It's just the the only reason I got really nervous is not that I think that you know Miguel is out for revenge or anything like that, but just knowing like what he's gone through just this season so far. When it started flashing back through his fight with his previous fight with Robbie, I started getting really nervous because I was just like, man, he is not emotionally in a place right now to where he might be able to handle this, you know, going through this. And man, when he stopped and he and they had that moment and they just started talking, chills, dude, chills.
1: Yeah, it was a beautiful and it's something we've been waiting for. I mean, that's kind of the way this whole series has played out. You're you're seeing all these conflicts and you're just looking for the day to when they resolve it. Uh, we're still waiting on Sam and Tori. I think that that's th- that's going to be the next big one if if it plays out. Beautiful the way that wrapped up. And I'm about like you. I'm like, guys, can y'all please just stay
0: on the ground floor for all your, <laughs> right.
1: for all your altercations? I mean, come on, stay off second floors. It's stay uh, off the second
0: floor, and maybe a stay away from traffic just for yeah.
1: Just just I mean, thinking thinking ahead. But I mean, I kind of knew in the back of my head. I was like. I mean, there's no way there's another serious injury. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't see the story going that direction, but uh, still nervous none, nonetheless. But, but yeah, great flight scene. I, I love how they wrapped it up. The other thing I was going to find out from you, were you surprised by their reaction to the to the unplanned baby news?
0: No. I mean, I feel like that all made sense in that moment. Because, I mean, it, you even kind of noticed, which I made a mental note of it, they don't put their arms around each other when they go in to hug Johnny. After the news. So they're both are okay with Johnny and they both have a good relationship with Johnny in that moment. They're happy for Johnny. You know, they're not happy for each other. You know, they're it's good that they don't have that tension and we can kind of see them, you know, mending that and, you know, making their way towards being friendly, which I mean, we see them eating dinner and stuff together which is a really nice scene as well to just show that they're actually, you know, past at least wanting to kill each other. Yeah. So that was, it was a really nice moment. I'll be honest. Uh, That was the first time I've cried this season. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. That one got me. And it was, I honestly started tearing up already when Miguel and Robbie started talking and they just started asking each other about, why well, they stopped and why they didn't stop. And I just, that started choking up in that moment. Like, I'll be honest. I was like, Oh, here it comes. But, and then when Johnny let it slip and their reaction and they just went in for that hug, I was, it was just, they did it for me. And I was like, yep, I'm done.
1: Yeah. De- definitely another touching moment. Uh, probably the first scene that they got me choked up a little teary was when season four ended and Robbie and, and Johnny mm-hmm. uh, hugged and, and kind of, in that moment, they, they patched everything up. And that that was the first one that got me. And, and then the scene with, with Johnny and Miguel in Mexico got to me a little bit. And, and we've said this a few times before, Johnny's involved in all the most touching moments <laughs> in this entire series. Yeah, he really uh, is. He's not the character that you expect. But I personally was a little surprised by their reaction to the baby news. I don't know if I was expecting more of, more shock, almost like is this good news is this bad news like dude you're like over 50 years old and you don't have a job so uh but of course they're kids they're you know they're probably not thinking about providing and all that stuff yeah i mean i was i was glad i was happy for their reaction and and i'm glad that's kind of that there's there's full family support there but but yeah and I'm going to toss it to you. I'm sure you've got some more thoughts since that was your number one. I
0: mean, really, I was just going to basically just dig into, you know, their whole, their whole thing, you know, with Johnny. And like you said, like Johnny started off trying to make them reconcile. They were not having it. He tried to take them out to dinner. Or, I guess, lunch. They both left. The escape room didn't work. As soon as Nana opened the door, they took off. I mean, pretty much covered it. I'm actually glad you brought up the
1: hug because I actually wrote this down in, in my notes as I was watching it, not just with with that scene, but I don't know about you, but I love a good bro hug. Yeah. Uh, I'm a hugger and, you know, same, you know, same. Even guy friends uh, or, or family, I just, I'm really hoping for like a good Robbie Miguel bro hug. As well as a good Johnny Daniel bro hug. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they'll happen, but I I would just love to see it personally.
0: Listeners, I don't know if y'all, if you don't know what Jeff looks like, he's a very, he's, he's, he's very huggable. (laughs) he's a he looks like not 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 that's not even pertaining to any like weight whatsoever he's just he's just a very he has a very huggable presence
1: that's totally a fat joke i know
0: (laughs) i would would never body shame you joe
1: which although i totally need to get a shirt that just says i'm huggable
0: Just free or just free hugs. <laughs>
1: yeah, free hugs because I'm huggable. <laughs> All right. So, what is your number one? This was a little deeper, so I'm interested to see what kind of conversation we have from it. But, and it centers around Daniel. Um, we definitely kind of see the Karate Kid three Daniel come out in yeah. these, these last two episodes, and Silver has that effect on him. We mentioned before that silver pushes all the right buttons with him obviously daniel kind of can have a quick temper and, and be a hothead and, and silver knows exactly which buttons to push and mm-hmm. we've just seen all this he, he really he, he hit some pretty tough times um even if <laughs> you know it's bad with with uh basically him and johnny reverse roles and johnny's the cleaned up sober one Having to give Daniel advice. So, that the, yeah. I, I love how that scene
0: played out. That one, that was one of my favorite scenes over these two episodes. So, I'm really glad that you brought that up because when even the music, you feel the tension building and then Johnny's just like breaks it and he's just like, nah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, my big question is Does Daniel have a savior complex and how much is he to blame for all the events that have
0: unfolded? He definitely has a savior complex for sure i mean even leading back to the original cobra kai this is literally how it started with Ali. that was what got him into everything even got him into the altercations with johnny to begin with you know was his savior complex is it necessarily a bad thing i don't think so it's definitely gotten him into some situations where it probably shouldn't but in the situation that he's in already i think it's serving him i think he's doing him doing it justice i mean because silver's a bad dude you know he's not just johnny starting up cobra kai anymore you know he's not just crease taking over cobra kai you know these are all progressively getting worse and honestly it it kind of just shows that if he didn't stop all of this that the, when he could have things might have not gotten this far so i mean it's it's hard to say that he's to blame when he could have also stopped it. It's, it's just his nature to to do these things. You know, it's just kind of like, and there's not really a great comparison, or this isn't a great comparison because there's superheroes, but I mean, I guess it's the closest one I can think of is, you know, Batman, for instance, you know, if there was no Batman, would there be a Joker? You know, would there be some of these villains that, that, that come up just out of, would there be a Riddler specifically, you know, there to just mess with Batman and to, that have come up, you know, because of Batman's actions. And if Batman hadn't, you know, taken over all the small crime, would there be room for, you know, the bigger crime and yada, yada, yada?
1: Yeah, it's definitely presented in a way to where he's justified for what he's fighting for whether it's his family, whether it's the kids in the community, uh, he he definitely does kind of have that saber complex where he always feels like it's on him. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, he does reach out for help, um, in certain situations. And, but when you look back and of course it's all hindsight, it started with Johnny opening Cobra Kai and, and that bothered Daniel for obvious reasons. But, you know, as we now know, I mean, Johnny was more or less harmless. If, if the heated rivalry didn't resurrect between Daniel and Johnny because of that, none of this other stuff probably happens. And of course, obviously, I understand where Johnny's coming, I mean, or Daniel's coming from. He, he didn't want to take a chance of sit sitting back and assume. Johnny was going to be harmless and that Johnny wasn't going to turn into crease and be the next crease, Cobra Kai. He did show some early tendencies, maybe not on creases level, but you know, kids were getting mean and, 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 bullies, but I think that's as far as the danger would have gone. I think eventually Johnny would have come to a census, which he did, not mm-hmm. necessarily because of Daniel, just kind of on his own. I think that still would have played out, but of course, you know, Daniel can't assume that's going to happen, but if he doesn't go against Crease, then Crease never has a reason to have to reach out to Silver. And of course now we know Silver's like he's he's taking it up several notches. I, I can see why people would, would make the argument that man, Daniel's a blame for a lot for this. You know, if he doesn't do A, B, and C, then then Silver never uh never even comes back. He's never an issue or a problem. And they're only dealing with with Johnny (laughs) and and maybe a little bit of crease. But I I like the way the story plays out because you do feel that, like you mentioned, that he's justified because of what he's fighting for is is honorable and and noble. But I I still thought it was kind of interesting to just kind of throw it out there and and talk about it. I've heard a number of different people, you know, Daniel gets a bad rap a lot of times, even from since the original Karate Kid movie. But I, I think it's played out pretty well in Cobra Kai.
0: Yeah, basically... I think Daniel would, none of this would have happened if he would have been in therapy, which brings us to our first sponsor, BetterHelp. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Better Help if you do want to sponsor us, our email is in the show notes. Exactly.
1: And we're probably one of the only podcasts involving Cobra Kai that have really spent as much time about mental health as we have, as, as featured in the show. So I'll just throw that out there as well.
0: Since I technically talked about my number one at number two, I'll go first. My honorable mention is Chosen. And I wanted to not only, you know, talk about him and how he's apparently, you know, heading back home as far as we know. I was thinking about his character and how you were talking about him, you know, last episode with how he's, You know, he was kind of comedic. But thinking back, I'm wondering if that's just how he wanted to play him as the character. We see a lot of returning people. And I'm wondering if he wanted a more comedic angle due to his portrayal in his original series. And maybe he just wanted to not be seen as that. Because thinking back on it, on on Chosen overall, and from what we've seen he's since he was... In LA, he was a very comedic character, you know, whether it be him being nude or beating up the people at the shop, you know, all these random things, you know, or just like blurting out him getting into the fights and getting Daniel into a little bit more trouble with Amanda, you know, all of these things. Like he's kind of been that. And I'm wondering if that's just his choice as a character. Uh, because it seems to me that a lot of the people that have returned have had a little bit more control over what they've been doing you know and so i'm wondering if that's maybe why he he is a little bit more silly than than everybody else he he, he definitely gives off almost like a
1: mr miyagi vibe mm-hmm. like even the moments when he says danielson yeah you're like oh wow uh and of course i mean mr miyagi was his character was very comedic
0: yeah
1: um in its own way and It's funny you brought up chosen because, you know, I jot down all these notes when I watch and and then I'll I'll have some just kind of thrown at the bottom that I'm like, these probably won't make it into the podcast because it's it's not in my points. I don't know if Parker will bring it up, but I actually had a little note that said everyone needs a chosen in their life yeah because, I mean, this dude is loyal. Uh, I mean, he, he dropped everything for Daniel and he is constantly there for Daniel for physical protection, yep. um, for for advice. I mean, you really see him care big time for Daniel all through like these last couple of episodes. And it was really cool to see. And we we, we do appear to see where it looks like he's leaving. But I'm assuming the way the episode ended, that changed yeah. when, when Daniel... <laughs> cut the mud beat out of them by by silver uh, and we assume just based on the trailer this is the moment where we see uh johnny chosen amanda and daniel kind of form the official team that's gonna kind of kind of go against silver but, but yeah chosen uh yeah i, I really like him it, just between the comedy and just the care that he showed for daniel and his family these last two episodes was was really impressive
0: Yeah, I guess he doesn't leave because we do still have to see the scene with him and Johnny that we've seen in the trailer. Did forget about that? But as far as we know, (laughs) I'll just play dumb because I get as far as because I mean when I watch shows like this, I totally forget everything that I've seen in trailers. (laughs) So, because I get caught up in it, so I totally forgot. So as far as I knew, when I was taking my notes, chosen's leaving. Oh yeah, (laughs) but. It is nice to know that you know we do know that Johnny has decided to jump on board and you know see how he can help Daniel. So that's exciting. Yeah, for sure. And and I will quickly point
1: out that so far I know there's still five episodes left, but I may have been right about Mike Barnes. Yeah,
0: but yeah. I will you, say you've will been right about a lot too. of
1: stuff. So I I was hoping I would I would start to 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 win some here. So again, I know it's still early, um, but Obviously, for right now, it's looking like, he's, yeah, like, it's yeah, like he he's, he's done. So so my honorable mention is actually twofold. It's, it's, there's one main and then like a sub one just because of comedic value. But right. my honorable mention, the primary, goes to the pawn shop guy.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean... It makes me want to go to some local Paul shops to see if the guys working there are, are as, as caring and and just insightful as as this guy <laughs> was. We, we've seen him pop up, you know, here and there, mostly for for comedy, especially with with Johnny's character. But he was the one that really struck a chord with Johnny. We've seen Johnny's growth and progression just like take off, but it was the comment that that guy wrote that dude a lot of people hate their jobs but it's it's bigger than that it's, it's all about your family and obviously johnny's been wrestling with the whole concept of family with obviously trying to get robbie and miguel on board with one another and he can pour into them and obviously with carmen being pregnant and then from that moment on he calls his ex-wife saying look he apologized to her mm-hmm. you know that's in the past I, I want robbie to stay with me and do just takes it up a notch and you're just like wow okay yeah thank thank you pawn shop
0: guy <laughs> <And> <laughs> Yeah.
1: I, I may go out tomorrow and just which i don't know about you i hadn't hit a pawn shop i don't know how long i mean i don't know how they're still in business i mean when i was a kid obviously we didn't have internet facebook marketplace craigslist uh, basically your pawn shop was facebook marketplace that's where you went outside of yard sales if you wanted cheaper stuff or used stuff but but yeah and and my my sub um, drugs definitely keep those places open for sure well yeah probably so <laughs> so my little sub honorable mention is never underestimate the power of olive garden breadsticks <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how that was plugged in, and then even, hilarious. and then Robbie's like, "You know, Dad, you're right about these breadsticks," and then, <laughs> you know, and and I can vouch for it. Olive Garden is the one place where I will ruin my meal for those breadsticks.
0: Well, I mean, it's the best part, honestly.
1: I mean, whatever I order, I can take home and eat the next day. So, yeah. you know, most places, you're like, "All right, I don't want to overdo it on the bread or the chips or whatnot," but no, those breadsticks, no. I I, I go to I can't eat no more, and whatever I ordered, I we'll have to suffer the consequences. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, they're, they're, those things are powerful. <laughs>
0: dude, they are great. I will I will say that Olive Garden breadsticks, they totally slept. Uh, so what is your due to the week or due of the week?
1: I will say it, it was looking bad for Amanda for a while, but I cut her some slack. I think it's long, long overdue at the due to the week for me and he, he really for either one of us goes to johnny this nice. dude i mean he's been the total package yeah he's al- he's always consistent with the comedy i mean we, we, we could we could spend a whole podcast on all his funny stuff whether it's just the scenes mm-hmm. i mean i mean the the whole uber and i'm assuming something like doordash you know i'm i gotta pick up some jimmy john and you know put <laughs> puts in Billy Idol because the girl asked for Billy Eilish and yeah. just constantly getting the one star. But, man, just the way he's dealt with Miguel and Robbie and with Carmen and and, and being an expecting dad. And and like we mentioned before, that whole scene with Daniel was unbelievable, like the, mm-hmm. the, the tides had turned. The the dude's growth and his his progression is just, I mean, it's like he's the top character in the show. I mean, yeah. as, as far as his growth, what he brings to the table. I, I mean, it's like he has shown fewer flaws than probably hardly any of the other characters here mm-hmm. in these these last. Uh, the one flaw I might would say is I'm not a big fan of this. And I don't know if it struck you wrong, but the impression that he's drinking and driving. Oh kinda, yeah, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Obviously, we know he's got an alcohol problem and 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 that kind of stuff, but mixing that with a driving job I thought was a little much um, just because of everything that comes along with that but outside of that I mean Johnny's just he's been amazing the entire series but his character top notch so I think it's long overdue so my dude of the week will go to Johnny nice great dude of the week are you going to move away from dud of the week for the first time I am going to move away I'm doing a I'm doing a little drum roll. You might not can hear it, but. uh...
0: Uh, I can hear it. My dude of the week is Dimitri. We get to see our boy. He comes in and he helps out Johnny with a phone and gets him set up in his little gigolo jobs as he refers to it. And. It was, it's really nice, honestly. And I just wanted to do this to kind of give my boy credit here. I, he was annoying to me for quite a while. He didn't, he wasn't annoying at first. But when Eli was still finding himself before he totally became a bully, Dimitri was getting on my nerves there for a little while when he was totally anti karate. Uh, but he's really came around and I'm really proud of him because once he got his confidence, he never changed who he was. And, and I guess in that moment when he came and helped Johnny, I realized how much I've missed seeing him and how much he is just a delight to actually see when we get to see him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's not, I've been a little sad that he's not gotten a lot of airtime this season. I mean, we're halfway through and the airtime he did get wasn't karate related Yeah. now i know he had a little joke early in the season that now i guess i gotta get a job so i don't know if that's the reasoning why he's not seen with any of the other students or any of his other friends yeah because so, well
0: they were at the pool when he was working so i yeah. was wondering because i was wondering when we saw miguel and uh eli walk up in the pool i was wondering like oh well where's where's our boy dimitri and then yeah we see him show up at Johnny's while they're still at the water park. So now that I'm thinking about it, they were at that water park a long time because Dimitri came to the house, set up the phone. He went through all of the jobs that he did, went to the pawn shop, (laughs) talked to his wife, before he went and picked up Robbie from 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 the, the part from the water park. Well, I mean, so, if you
1: remember, I mean, a good bit of the trailer, I mean, showed scenes from the, the water park. So, yeah. I mean, you know. which I mean,
0: I guess we're assuming that all of that happened in one day, which I guess at the water park. So it could have happened over multiple days, but we're led to believe that the way that that was shot, it was all in one day. So, yeah, and it looks like we've pretty much, as far as the trailer,
1: I mean, it's all been pieced together probably 70, 80% of what we saw in the trailer. So we because yeah. we kind of saw how the whole Miguel-Robbie thing, because we had wondered what led to that. And mm-hmm. we kind of threw out a different couple things, but I, I think one of the things we did mention was, you know, well, maybe Robbie pushed Eli, even though we don't think he's part of Cobra Kai, maybe he's still kind of taking up for Kenny, which is, yeah. is the way it played out. And then obviously Miguel came in defense of, of Eli. Is he still, is he Eli or... I hear Hawk.
0: I'm going to call him Eli, just because I feel like he's more himself now. And Hawk was that one, yeah, more out of control character in the version of himself. Which I mean, I know they really still call him Hawk as far as his friends are calling him Hawk, but I'm 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 referring to him as Eli because I, I think I think he's himself now.
1: Oh yeah, I agree. I I like Eli better. Uh, although I do remember in the trailer that obviously his hair continues to grow and it looks mm-hmm. like he kind of goes back to his his former look probably later yeah. later it looks like season.
0: he's trying trying to put a little mohawk up top yeah right
1: now. <laughs> so, yeah pretty cool well, man these these two episodes were were unreal it it definitely got amped up um yeah. excited to see what's coming next and yeah we're see halfway how, through man. It it. yeah it's crazy it's uh it's sad in some ways because you know we've waited so long but in a lot of ways i'm just ready to see how see how it plays out there's a lot that can still happen
0: all right well let's get to watching season or episode six and seven i can't wait anything else you want to say
1: no it's man it's, it's been a blast so far thanks to all the listeners who have been on this ride with us we hope you're kind of watching along and uh whether it's through facebook through through email man, please give any suggestions or any of your thoughts on anything we've talked about or, or any topics that maybe we didn't pull that we didn't mention that maybe you're kind of curious as, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Notice we obviously can't cover every single thing that happens in these episodes that we try to hit on as much as the big points. And me and Parker are a little weird. So we'll hit on some points that nobody else is thinking about, but uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. And again, thanks for Parker for, he's our, our master editor. I uh, does a great job. And uh, so, yeah, we're uh, anxious
0: to move forward. You're going to have to be really careful by the way you say master editor. <laughs> 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 You're going to have to put a little bit more pause in between those two words. <laughs> Big thanks to my co-host, Jeff, and a bigger thank you for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Five stars and a comment really do help these dudes out on the charts. If you have a thought or idea about what we're watching, please email us at streamingwithtwodudes at gmail.com or request to join the Streaming with Two Dudes Facebook group. Links to our Patreon and our socials are in the show notes. Thanks again, and remember to cancel your subscription before your free trial is up.